Welcome and bienvenidos a todos to our football podcast about Mexican women's soccer. I am Eugene Rapinski, and with me as always is my co-host Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you this evening? I am happy that you have daylight savings time now, Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. Uh, it's it, it's a little different for, for people with, with uh, kids and pets because they don't realize they, they don't tell time so they don't care that the uh that it's uh eight o'clock instead of seven o'clock or seven o'clock they just <laughs> get up it's it's yep. time to get up and uh you know that extra hour of sleep is lost on me but uh i i will not miss having to stay up for an 11 o'clock kickoff for liga mechis at least until possibly next year so <laughs> uh, hopefully it'll only be like a week like it usually is because <laughs> yeah that's, that's usually how, like how much time it, the like happens between us having daylight savings and you guys and um yeah maybe not next semester because we're still not switching presidents but maybe after the election maybe next president will be like oh yeah we can go back to daylight savings time that was just <laughs> crazy um and everything will be back to normal hopefully yeah because we i i miss not having daylight savings, like summertime and just it being dark so early it just it just doesn't go with me it just i don't know summertime has to be like a, like really long day mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel that way so yeah <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would be okay with it going to daylight saving time for, for both countries and then never going back as long as mm-hmm. it's consistent and we know, you know, when the times are and I don't have to worry about losing an hour of sleep in the in the spring and then not really getting one back in the fall. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, hopefully that will happen and um yeah, it's it's just good to be here. It's always good to to talk uh, with you. Got a lot to talk about. Um, you know, it is Ligia season uh, with Liga Mekis Femenil, and we will get to that. But first, I think congratulations are in order for the Mexican women's national team. They won gold against Chile in the Pan American Games, uh, winning one to nothing. Um, a little bit of controversy, a lot of bit of controversy, if we're being honest, uh, around the game. Uh, as far as Chile goes, um, just to briefly get into it, the final game was not going to be held during an international window. Uh, so the players uh, who have club responsibilities outside of Chile all left, uh, which left the Chilean national team with no goalkeeper. Uh, Christian Endler the, you know, pretty much consensus world's greatest uh, goalkeeper had to go back to her club, also announced her retirement from international football uh, as as part of that. And that left Chile to start a striker in goal and uh, Mexico won one to nothing. Uh, A lot going on. There's there's a protest by the Chilean players at the beginning of the match uh, where they sat down um, you know, it was cool of Mexico to kind of respect that in, in mm-hmm. solidarity and, and not try and game that. Um, but uh, they, they only won by one goal, but uh, a win is a win. Um, I know that's a lot to unpack. What are your what are your overall thoughts on on, on that? I mean, um, yeah, I mean, first of all, talking about Chile, it's just it's just one of those things that makes you realize, I mean, we were kind of thinking about this and we were talking about it and we leave it in the group, just saying how could they have imagined not making it to the final and not preparing for this kind of scenario because they knew this beforehand. They, they knew the players had to go. So it was just crazy thinking that maybe the, I don't know, the staff didn't trust the team enough to actually prepare for playing a final. 
it was also um, in Chile. Like, how did it was? Not yeah, think about that. It's, I it's know. Your home. It's, it's, it's yeah. It's your, you have like everything's in your favor. It's it's a like you had a, you had a really good team, solid team, great players, and you're playing at home. Oh man, I mean, like you you have to prepare for every possible scenario. I mean, what what? Imagine like how the team felt when they realized that no one thought they could make it to the final, so they didn't have to prepare to have these players um, just covered with with subs. It, it's uh, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, again, I'm glad they they had that um, that protest at the beginning of the game. They all sat down once the game started. Um, great for Mexico because they respected that. They actually didn't do anything to just respect that moment. People in the stands were clapping. They understood what was going on because obviously lots of people under like read about not having one of some of their star players being available. Um, so, I mean, I, I just regret the fact that it just meant that they didn't prepare for this because maybe they didn't think they're gonna, they were going to make it through, which is r- ridiculous at this point. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was probably the, like, probably the worst thing that could happen in the final um i mean yeah when, when you start there, there were other things in the american games they were they were great games um but yeah there were a couple of things that were kind of criticized you know there, there was um an athletics race and it was a 20 minute uh, 20 kilometer um race and somehow the <laughs> the distance was 17 kilometers instead of 20 <laughs> um <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry, I didn't hear about that. That is oh, it was terrible. They, that they, is they amazing in all the wrong ways. It's I know. It's, <laughs> it, like everything, like everything I read on social media after after being mad at this because that was a competition that actually granted some of the athletes tickets to Paris to the next to the to the Olympic Games next year. Um, I, I mean, I just read so many things on social media. It was like, what happened to this guy? Did he just like take off for a lunch and not come back and, and like still measure what was 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 remaining for the race? It was. It was just crazy. I mean, so um, having that and then having the home team not have players available because we can only suspect they didn't think they were going to make it that far. It's just, uh, it's just, I don't know, it's crazy to think, I mean, what was going on. But yeah, I mean, other than that, um, great by Chile. I mean, truth be told, I was really shocked they only lost 1-0 when you don't have, like, you don't have not even a starting goalkeeper. You don't have a goalkeeper yeah. in that position. Uh, I, I really thought it was going to be terrible. I thought it was going to be, oh no, Mexico's going to score so many goals and this is going to be ridiculous. It's a gold medal match. Um, but it was only 1-0, uh, which, I mean, great for Chile and kind of not so cool for Mexico because, again, you're playing against a team that doesn't have an actual goalkeeper. So, yeah, I mean, it's two sides to the story. Um, Chile side, yeah, not not the best. Mexico end. Uh, first time they get a gold medal in the Pan American Games for women's soccer, which is also amazing. Great for Pedro Lopez with this n- entire new program. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it means I think good things are coming towards the end of the year, hopefully when we can make it through to Gold Cup W and, and find out if we're going to play and who we're going to play by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, like like you said, there's a, there's a lot to unpack from this whole situation. First, the Chilean Federation needs to do better by their players. Mm-hmm. And we've it's we've known that. Like we know that Christian Endler was papering over a lot of the cracks in that setup. Like anybody who's been paying any sort of attention to Chile knows that it's basically Endler keeping everything together. And I, I can't blame her that she finally had had enough and said, well I'm going back to Leon. Like, you know, you good luck to you guys. Um, you know, and the players released a statement through their uh, players union. Like the, the Chilean players have 
um, Anhof, their um, their players union, uh, released a statement afterwards saying that you know this was not a case where it was like the coach's fault. It was more their anger was directed at the federation for a list of things, not only from like the rosters, but they they uh, were saying like the the travel and accommodations were were not good, especially when it was in their own country. Um, so there was a lot to kind of go through with that from a Mexico side. It's great that they won the gold medal and that should not be overlooked, but at the same time, they were only able to score one goal against a team that had a forward in goal. And that should be troubling, especially considering some of the historical issues that Mexico has had in scoring goals. Like maybe that's just a little bit of, flashbacks to the uh, kind of bad time that we had during the CONCACAF uh, W tournament uh, where Mexico couldn't score, but it does raise those same kind of concerns. Now I will be interested, I guess, to see how they do in the upcoming tournaments to see if that was just kind of, well, this is so weird because of the protest, because it's not an actual goalkeeper, you know, maybe they, they thought they were going to play against Endler and all of a sudden she's not there and then they have no idea what to expect, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, so I, I give them a little bit of grace when it comes to that, but it is worth noting that, um, you know, when, when you only put one past a forward in goal, uh, yeah. that's, that, that's a bit concerning. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit troublesome. And, and, and I mean, our own goal was a free kick by Rebecca Bernal defender. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> something happened with the strikers that day because, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird when, I mean, not, not weird because you, you do get really great, like defenders that actually have like great, great free kicks and maybe mm-hmm. they'll go up and try to head a ball, like, you know, a corner kick or something. Um, but other than that, it, it means that the strikers weren't on point that day against again, what, what you were saying, uh, a striker that was playing as a goalkeeper. So, yeah, I, I think that's the only thing that was kind of troublesome from the game was the fact that they couldn't make it um, a, a larger score just because of understanding what was going on with defense and, and the Chilean team. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, you know, their next scheduled game, I believe, isn't until... I think it's February with the CONCACAF W uh, Gold Cup qualification. Like no idea if they're going to try and squeeze in a friendly at some point, maybe, mm, maybe. Uh, over the winter. But, um, you know, that's the that's the next thing that I see on the calendar is the, the Gold Cup qualifications against Trinidad and Tobago and Puerto Rico. Um, you know, and these are two teams that they should be um, beating and beating kind of easily. Uh, you know, no, no disrespect to those opponents but uh you know they, they beat them uh both games in mexico uh if you remember back in september they beat puerto rico two to one and then uh trinidad and tobago six to nothing so you know they, they should have a, a good result against them even though it's going to be on the road but maybe we'll see something different between now and then um you know any final thoughts any other things that we need to discuss about Mexico or the, the, the Pan American games or even the upcoming CONCACAF W uh, gold cup qualifications. Um, I mean, despite the fact that not scoring in the final, Maria Sanchez was one of the top goal scorers. There were, there were four, I believe top goal scorers, uh, one player from the U S and I think two from Paraguay, they all shared the top goal scoring um, award. So, I mean, that was, that was great for her because she got gold medals. She got top goal scorer. 
Um, it seems as though we're kind of starting to see like the backbone of a team, I think. Um, I'm guessing probably, I mean, I remember the Federation posting something about how well um, the team has done under Pedro Lopez. I mean, yeah, they, they've had um, like friendly tournaments. This was like the first official big tournament, I guess, that they were playing in. Um, and then whatever comes up with CONCACAF W. So I'm guessing if he does have a couple more friendlies before that, um, it just might be to give maybe a couple players an extra shot and just knowing what his actual yeah, like backbone of a team is just understanding these are my key players and yeah, I might switch it up a bit and I might give some other players a shot, but now really understanding the, this is the starting lineup for Mexico. And then if some other player comes in, well, it might be just because they're doing so well in the league. Maybe it's because someone's out due to injury or something like that. But I think we could finally uh, understand what the team will look like usually and, and, and see how they can build up on that as well with performances. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. They seem to have a lot of options, um, mm -hmm. you know, beyond the players that get called in. And I don't think that that's something that Mexico has necessarily had historically. I mean, yes, of course, I think over maybe the past couple of years, the depth has been there, um, yeah. you know. But if you look back further in the past, that hasn't always been the case. And it's good to know that there is such a depth of talent that could step in. Um, you know, I'm thinking of players that were injured, for instance, you know, like, uh, you know, Celeste Espino is one who's been injured and, and oh, yeah. was kind of like a regular and mm -hmm. seemed poised to make her like kind of, I guess, debut or, or really kind of fight for a spot in goal, you know, had kind of horrific injury. Um, you know, so she's somebody that's kind of coming back and could be in the picture. You know, I'm thinking of somebody like Reina Reyes, who's, um, you know, doing really well in, in Portland, you know, somebody like Mia Zwazwa, right? Like, so these players that have come into camp have kind of proven that they, they belong there, but for whatever reason, aren't in like the regular, like call up list. It's good to know that they're there, not only that they can come in, but they're also pushing these other players to be better because, you know, it's not like they don't have anything to worry about. They have yeah. these really talented players kind of behind them just waiting to come up. So it's good. It's good to have that kind of pressure and and force those sorts of um, performances out of out of the players. Yeah, so. I think the more depth there is in, in the team, um, the harder the competition, just because, you know, mm -hmm. that's not only one player that's behind you, that it might be a couple of players um, that are out for your spot. So, yeah, definitely. That's a good thing. Yeah. And and yeah, yeah. It, I mean, just looking back at the starting lineup, just in case someone didn't see the game, we had Stephanie Barreras, uh, Nikki Hernandez, Rebecca Bernal, Greta Espinosa, Kimberly Rodriguez. I mean, players that we've 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 known, we've seen them in, in different circumstances on different coaches. Mm -hmm. Then we had Araceli Torres, Alexia Delgado, Carla Nieto, Maria Sanchez, uh, Jackie Ovalle, uh, Diana Ordonez. Um, and yeah, that, that was that was the starting lineup. So yeah, pretty solid squad. I mean, yes, yeah, I'm kind of new faces, maybe Torres, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise, I mean, tons of experience. Ordoñez coming back. Um, I mean, yeah, no, no need to introduce Maria Sanchez or Jack <laughs> Um, But yeah, it, it does seem like you were mentioning. I mean, and again, yeah, there's some other players that are coming back uh, from injuries. That, that will also be great to see um, that competition as well. So, yeah. yeah. And it also gives it also gives Pedro Lopez a little bit more flexibility. You know, maybe um, you know, if somebody gets hurt or maybe mm -hmm. they don't need that kind of 
Um, you know, maybe they don't need what, for instance, uh, Chelly Torres brings, right? Maybe they want a, a little bit different look. Well, they've got other mm-hmm. options at that position, you know, and I'm not trying to just pick on her. Uh, you know, that, that goes pretty much across the board. Maybe they want to have a little bit of a different look for the next microcycle or something like that. Then they can yeah. bring in other players who have experience, who have um, that kind of knowledge of what they're trying to do. Um, you know, so these are these are good problems to have. These are good processes that are in place to have this sort of um, maybe not like rotation, but having these sorts of players have that ability to kind of come mm-hmm. in and 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 perform and at least come into camp and show what they can do right so definitely i I feel like mexico is in a very good place right now yeah definitely i was actually thinking like next semester with with gold cup w i haven't heard if the league is gonna pause for that tournament Mm. i'm i'm guessing they would but they usually don't (laughs) i mean but it's it's also the first time we actually have that tournament so um yeah it's gonna be kind of weird because if I I don't know maybe some of the, you know how teams can be if it's not an official FIFA date um they're not obligated to let go of some players so mm-hmm. might some teams might be a little bit um I don't know kind of not not want to loan their players for too much I mean it is the beginning of the tournament still it is it's it's February late late February March but um but yeah I, I was kind of thinking about that maybe they they actually will pause the tur- the the league for for the tournament this time I think so I think the I could be wrong about this, but I think the qualification and the gold cup are all taking place during international windows. And if they're not, I know that the league kind of worked with some of the teams for the Pan American games. Um, You know, the teams that, that knew they were going to be having players going out, right? Like they worked with them to, you know, push some, some matches around uh, so that it it fit better. And I, I would imagine that they'd be willing to do that. I feel like, the league and the FMF have been really good about like working together to make sure mm-hmm. that the disruptions to the league are minimized as much as possible. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not yeah. naive enough to say there'll never be a, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there's never going to be a, uh, a disruption or anything like that. Of course not. But I feel like that they are both working together as much as they can to kind of minimize that and, you know, even working with teams possibly to say, okay, well, look, instead of taking five players, maybe we'll just take four. Like, is that okay? You know, kind of yeah. just kind of working with them on that sort of thing. Again, that that goes back to having that sort of roster flexibility. Like, if you don't need to take, you know, six players from America or Tigres or Chivas, mm-hmm. if you can get just a couple don't. of players, you know, maybe you take four and you know everybody's happy. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm guessing um, probably it'll probably be like at the beginning of a of, of a FIFA date, but it might be too long to actually just fit entirely in mm. a FIFA date. So I'm guessing that's why they'll probably need like an extra week or something. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's possible, and I, I would imagine that the league would be willing to work with them on that. You know, if it's if it's a week, that's probably okay. You know, if it was going to be something like a month, that might be a little bit different. But I, I feel like they're probably willing to work with them on a week. Maybe they. Yeah. push the games around um you know maybe instead of having them on a on a saturday maybe they have them on a wednesday they they have mm-hmm. a midweek uh which i know is everybody's favorite but you know. <laughs> yeah just have midweek games and then you'll you'll make up for it like later on in the tournament with mm-hmm. another midweek game or something yeah that's yeah something like that sounds really possible 
Yeah, so we'll we'll see. We'll definitely keep our ears to the ground and uh, let our listeners know uh, what we find out about that. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good overall uh, results. Uh, you know, gold gold is forever. So that's uh, that's kind of cool um, for them. So congratulations again to them. Moving on though, back uh, coming back to Mexico, the Ligia is upon us, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, going into the last week. Uh, we knew that there was there were there were seven teams in and two teams vying for that final spot. It was down to Pumas and Juarez, and Pumas won. It was a really really hard fought game. Um, <laughs> I can only imagine how you were suffering watching the game. <laughs> you know, I mean, it wasn't too long because there was an early goal, but I can only imagine like before that, I'd be like, oh my god, it comes down to one game, and it's I mean. What are the odds? I mean, the two teams that are fighting for the same spot facing each other in week 17, that's so rare. It, you know, look, I'm going to be I'm going to be perfectly honest with with you and with our listeners. Um it it was good for the league. It was good that that happened for the league because having that kind of final day drama draws attention to the league. It gives people like us who talk about this on podcasts and write about this something extra to talk about to gin up interest which is always fun and cool it's always fun and cool for neutral fans to watch that um and as a pumas fan like i certainly was happy that they came away with the win but you know like i am somebody who enjoys juarez and really kind of maybe not like supports in the sense of like i'm a supporter like i like i feel toward pumas but you know i want them to do well um, you know, we've talked about how they went from kind of a doormat, a laughing stock, to a team that is now kind of almost expected to make the playoffs or challenge for the playoffs. You know, so I support that. I want to see them do well in that regard. Um, you know, so I was I was definitely sad uh, to see them not make it. Uh, I, I'm happy that Pumas made it, but it it does you know. It's kind of bittersweet, to, if, I, if I'm being honest. You know, like I, I hate that it had to come down to that. Like, uh, I if it was another team, I, I might have been <laughs> a little bit happier. Um, not going to name any of them, but uh, you know, rivalries die hard, and, and that sort of thing. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but I mean, in, in all seriousness, it, it, it does kind of it does kind of stink that that Juarez didn't make it, but. Uh, Pumas is in and boy, do they have a challenge. Um, <laughs> Pumas has never won a playoff game. Uh, and, uh, they drew Tigres who are the super leader. They won against Nakaxa. We kind of talked about this, uh, how the final game, it was, if America had won, they would against Monterrey, they would have taken the super leader. They did not. And we we kind of you and I kind of talked about uh, how we thought that was a distinct possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monterrey came through for their arch rivals Tigres and beat America, uh, giving Tigres the super leader. Pumas will now face them in the first round. Um, I know what I feel about this, uh, but I want to hear <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I also, I agree. I, um, I would have loved to see Juarez make it through. I think we were all secretly supporting them. But yeah, I mean, you look at the eight spots and you're like, who do we take out of those eight spots to give it to Juarez? 
it's always difficult. It's kind of sad. Um, but as a project, I, we were all, I think, rooting for them because we understand everything they went through, all the players, coach they lost uh, with all these changes, particularly because, yeah, they had a successful season. And, mm-hmm. um, more, and, and more to the point, I mean, they kept on having good results despite all those changes, which is nothing short of amazing. I mean, we've had teams have like that haven't even had a, a decent regular season and quite has <laughs> already managed to have a couple with one and then half of the team that stayed after they lost um, half of that first team. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we were all kind of secretly rooting for them as well, but it just came down to that. I'm also happy that Pumas made it through because it is also great to see a team like Pumas um, finally make it through. I mean, it's not their first Liga, obviously, but yeah, just have another opportunity, another go. Um, it would have been great if they had a stronger position just to avoid you know, Tigres, <laughs> probably America in that first, like in those quarterfinal <laughs> games. But um, yeah, <laughs> this is what happens. Um, I mean, other than that, the other teams, I mean, Toluca, again, also maybe kind of a surprise. I think if we were looking at, if we were talking in the beginning of the season, maybe Toluca wouldn't have been one of those teams that we would have put in those eight, like eight starting positions. It might've been, again, Juarez. Maybe that's the team that you mm-hmm. kind of let go of a stronger position to give it to Toluca. Um so also surprised to see them there. But I mean, overall, they were sixth place. They did pretty well. They were on, on top of, of uh, Pachuca, which is seventh. Um, and we speak a lot more about Pachuca, I, I think, recently, um, mm-hmm. having a stronger squad than we do about Toluca. So like, I think that was kind of a surprise. And I mean, looking towards quarterfinal games, which actually start this Thursday, we're recording this on Wednesday, so tomorrow, Um I mean, Desiree is facing Tigres, so that's always a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It'll be really interesting. It'll be great to see Tigres uh, play that away game at Seu um, and just see what what Tigres can do. I mean, it's going to be a night game for Pumas, which is kind of rare sometimes, even for the men's side. It's kind of rare unless you have this, like a a midweek game or a Liguilla game. And... I mean, other than that, we have Toluca Chivas. Um, I do think Chivas is coming in stronger, uh, but I can't really think they're not going to have a, 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 a tough time against Toluca because, I, yeah, they surprised everyone being sixth place, I think. Yeah. Um, the other games, Cholos versus Monterrey. I'm always up for a good northern rivalry. I think Cholos sometimes quietly makes it through and really complicates things for tons of teams. So mm-hmm. it's also going to be really difficult for Rayas. I don't think it's going to be an easy win for Rayas. I think they'll make it through, but I don't think it'll be easy. And um, yeah, Pachuca America, also really tough. I hope Pachuca gives America a hard time because yes, I'm a Chivas fan and that's what I have to expect. <laughs> um, but other than that, I... Yeah, I don't. I don't want it to be too easy for the like the first four teams, just because we know that they qualified so early in the season. Um, but yeah, I, I I think the best thing for the league will be for them to have a, a tough time, despite making it through eventually. Yeah. Uh. So my thoughts on the Pumas Tigres uh, matchup, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I this, this is going to be painful for me as a Pumas fan. Uh. I look Tigres is is really good. I, if if Pumas can get a draw at Seu, I think that'll be an accomplishment. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean because I, we we want their first victory in the year. Like you mentioned, they've never actually even won like a single match. Not only not made it through, but not just won. So mm-hmm. it would be amazing if they actually could win. But yeah, it's Tigres. It's Tigres. It's I mean Pumas looks good, but I I just think Tigres is too strong right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, 
I don't see them doing it. And I mean, I'm, yes, I try and take my, my fan hat off, but I don't know if it's ever completely off. I just don't see them doing it. Like that's, that is such a tough, T-Race is so good right now. And Pumas has been kind of shaky. I mean, they looked good against Suarez, of course, but Ah oh, man, Tigres is a completely different beast. I don't know. I don't. I don't see that happening. I will. I will be as happy as anybody if if they can pull out a even if they can get, even if they can somehow get like a one nothing win at say like that. That would be enough for me. Oh yeah. Um. You know. Uh. But I don't even see that happening. I don't know. Um. You know. As for the uh, as for the other matchups. Uh. You know. I think. Chivas is another team that's just too strong. I I I like what Toluca's and they're another team like Juarez that you know really looks like they have a solid project in place. I think Toluca's came together a little bit better than Juarez uh projected this past uh this past tournament. I would like to see them do it, but I think Chivas is just too they just look so uh so strong right now. Like I don't see Toluca, I don't see them beating them. I think the other two matchups, though, I think those are going to be the ones where we have a potential for upsets, and maybe both of them would be upsets. Um, look, Pachuca struggled. They run hot and cold, but when they are on, they are on, and they've got so many good players there that I, I don't see them just kind of going out with a whimper in this first round. Um, you know, If America gets through, I think it's going to be super tough for them. Yeah, and then I I don't see Riadas beating uh, Tijuana. I think Riadas. I just I just keep seeing these these kind of problems where they just don't seem like they can get it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, they were able to pull it together against America on the final day, and maybe that's kind of the thing that that kickstarts them into the playoffs, and that would be kind of cool. But they've just they're another team. They they remind me a lot of Pachuca, where they run hot and cold. And when they are cold, like they're they're not good, and you can't do that in the Ligia against any of these teams, you know. Um, you know, you can't have a bad game. Even like you know, I'm sitting here singing the praises of Tigres and Chivas. Like, if they have a bad game against Pumas or Toluca, respectively, like they're gonna take it, they're gonna get taken advantage of. Uh, but I don't see that nearly as likely as Riadas. Like Riadas just seems like they've they've not been able to put it all together on a consistent basis this season. And I really think that's going to come back to bite them. And I think Tijuana is too good for them to be able to kind of pull that out. And if we remember, we remember what happened last year with all of the controversy with Monterrey going past Tijuana mm, yeah. in the Liguilla. Um you know that was very lucky for them then and there is no guarantee that (laughs) there is no guarantee that that luck holds out or that karma doesn't kind of come back for them on that so (laughs) yeah i think it'll come down to that actual first game if shoros wants to make it through i think they actually have to make it from the first game not necessarily Mm -hmm. the away game at bebeobia because if the score is if they win 1-0 i think that's something that monterrey could come back from easily because they have that home team advantage for the second leg but if it's maybe a 2-0 then it might complicate things a bit because yeah Cholos could score at the bebeobea as well and then that's that's when you start complicating things a bit for rayada so i think it's going to come down to that first game and see if tijuana can get a strong enough advantage mm-hmm. um if they do 
yeah, I think you're right. They they could they could suffer um against Rayadas in the second leg and make it through to, to semifinals. If it's not a comfortable advantage, uh, we'll we'll see. I, I, I guess it also depends what you're saying. If if we see the same rayas that we saw in week 17, or if we see the irregular rayas from the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, if we see the 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 week 17 rayadas, it's going to be a short and brutal series for Tijuana. Um, but I'm just not convinced that we see that, and I'm not convinced that we see that for 180 minutes. Yeah. So. So we will see. It's going to be an interesting time. And um, also, uh, Eva Spejo's last games with the team as well. Yeah, I, you know, there's there's also something to be said for that. I mean, you know, I know that we don't like to compare Liga Meki Semenil and NWSL, but there's all there's that narrative, uh, that kind of the same narrative that's going on in NWSL now with the two teams that are in the finals. Gotham, they want to win for Ali Krieger. And uh, O.L. Reign, they want to win one for Megan Rapino. I mean, maybe the, the Riotis players, they know that this is Eva's last dance with them and they want to go out uh, and give her another title um, to, to her credit. So maybe that's a, a kind of a polarizing factor for them and they can rally around that. Like, I'm not putting it past them, but I'm just saying as as kind of hot and cold as they've run all season, I am not confident at all that they're going to come out of this uh, th- this series. Yeah, I think it's it's yeah. I, th- I guess it's like a, t- a coin toss at some point, but yeah, I, yeah. I mean, hopefully, yeah, they're, they're still good games. Hopefully, again, um, despite the fact that maybe the four team, four top teams make it through, um, yeah, if they struggle a bit, I'll, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think if we've ever seen an upset in in the Ligia. Have we ever seen a lower oh, seeded wow. team come through? That's a good question. We have to check on that. I'm gonna have to do I mean, some research. I, I can't, like I can't see one coming like off top of my mind. But let yeah, let's let me think about that. Yeah, that's a good I, question. I want to say we kind of encountered this last season and with, with Juarez with with no with Tijuana and um and Riadas because they were four or five again, and uh, Tijuana I think almost became the first or, or they were like six. Uh, six three or, or four five or something like that mm. and Tijuana almost upset them and I think that would have been the first time so I was just looking it up um and yeah you were right last season it, it wasn't Tijuana but it was Pachuca making it through against Chivas who was fourth place so it was mm. fifth place making it through against uh fourth place gotcha. um yeah I knew it was something that was like super rare right this is mm-hmm. not something that we see a lot of in this league and you know that's it's bad and good. It's it's bad that it hasn't happened more, but it's also good, I guess, in a way, because when it does happen, you're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Right. Like, yeah. so, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. I, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, I just, I get the feeling we're going to see one and possibly two upsets, uh, this, uh, this time around, but maybe not like, I've been known to be wrong before, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> our, you know this. Our, our listeners, they definitely know this. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I just, I would not be surprised at all if it, we saw at least one, uh, if not two, upsets uh, coming through this. Any, any final thoughts on the uh, Ligia? Uh, any predictions? Anything else you want to? Oh, I wouldn't dare predict something, but um, I mean, kudos <laughs> to Licha and and Mari Carmen Reyes for for winning top goal scorers of the 
of the year. Um, yeah. I actually saw um, Tigres post, um, obviously, congratulations to Mari Carmen, but they also congratulated Licha, which I thought was really classy of them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if, if it wasn't Mari Carmen, it would have been Licha, it would have been Stephanie. I mean, um, but it's always great to see all these players. Chalin was really close behind them. I think she was a couple goals away. Um, yeah, I'm looking it up. So yeah, Mari Carmen and, and Licha had 15 goals each, and then Charlene had 13. Um, and right beneath them was Ovalle and Kiana with 11. So yeah, tough competition. Um, it was, I mean, great to see these players. They're pro- probably going to score a bit more um, through Liguilla. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I I wouldn't dare make a prediction, but <laughs> it, let's, let's just go with usually the top four make it through. But I agree, we could have at least one upset. I think. Yeah, I think uh, going back to the 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 goal scorers, uh, we we're talking in in the group chat. We think we discovered that Mary Carmen Reyes was the only the second uh, uh, American to win the uh, the Golden Boot. The, she was definitely the the first uh, dual national mm-hmm. uh, to to win the Golden Boot. And it was the first uh, non-forward. I mean, she's a she plays as a winger to win since uh, Fabi Ibarra back in the 2019 Clausura. So, not too often that we that we get to see that. Uh, Licha, for her, this is her third in four seasons. She had that uh, one season where Mia Fischel beat her, uh, and then uh, last season with Charlene Corral. Uh, so, uh, I guess my math is off. That would be three and five seasons. So, sorry about that. Um, (laughs) I can't count. Yeah. Uh, three and five seasons for Licha, which is quite the accomplishment, um, especially, you know, given kind of her career path and, and how, uh, windy a road it's been for her to get to where she is. So congratulations, certainly to her. Congratulations to Mari Carmen. Congratulations to both Chivas and Tigres, um, for, you know, supporting those players. Like we know that those goals don't happen in a vacuum, um, you know, so it's good uh, that those organizations kind of get some of the flowers for that too. So congratulations all around uh, to them, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how far they can uh, they and their teams can go in in the Ligia. Yeah, agreed. Hopefully, yeah, we'll probably see a couple of goals from them. Um, hopefully, <laughs> especially yeah. Licha. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was I was also looking at um, seeing as though the regular season ended. I was looking at some of the statistics regarding young players, and amazingly enough, um, Atlas had most young players um, lined up during the season. They had ten players hmm. um, for a huge amount. Of, I mean, they, I think they have to do something like what is it like two thousand minimum? Like, I'm not sure how many minutes they have to do for like per uh, per season, but it's like I think it's a thousand, but I it could be two thousand. I'm not sure. It's some. It, they do yeah, have it's a, a thousand. Yeah, they, a thousand. they do have a requirement that they have mm-hmm. to meet. So, wow, Tigres is only like they they had a, a thousand three minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and so did Juarez. Wow, that's like that's not being safe at all. That's <laughs> well, that a thousand ten. That's also pretty pretty close. Get it that a thousand fourteen, and then it kind of goes up a bit. But yeah, I mean, Atlas getting almost three thousand minutes with ten players. So. Uh, hopefully that's, this will be start of a, a young project or something with them. That's a bit surprising for Puebla, I I think. I you know for Tigres and for Juarez too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at where they are in the table. You know, even Juarez, and you go, okay, well, um, you know, it makes sense that they 
would want to play like you know but Puebla I mean we know that they, they they're going to struggle um same with yeah. Querétaro you would think well why not just put out some of your young players and see what they can do right so yeah. I I don't know maybe that's uh, maybe that's just the way that I think but uh I'm a little surprised by that I'm not going to lie um Atlas makes sense um putting out a lot of players I know that you know, from the men's side, like they think of themselves as like the the academy, right? So yeah. they they like to bring players up through that, and I I think that they want to replicate that um, on their women's side too, which is cool, right? Um, yeah. uh, so that kind of makes a lot of sense, and it'll be interesting to see how uh, how many of those players kind of continue on, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, it's it's one thing to play nothing but youth players, but it's another thing to play those youth players and have them mature into professional footballers that can, you know, give you three, four, five, ten seasons or whatever, you know, so. Yeah, so it's it's players that um, were born between 2004 and 2007, so it's like 16 to 19-year-olds, so like U20s, basically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was pretty amazing. Atlas, Necaxa, León, and your Pumas are first four teams to have the most minutes um with youth players so yeah interesting but we'll, we'll be great to see if they actually make something out of all, giving all these meds and we start actually to see players uh young players um uh, make it through you know starting lineups um try, try to see if like a younger generation is coming through with those teams i'm sorry i'm just having a hard time realizing that 2007 was 16 years ago my goodness. i know <laughs> i actually had to like i subtracted and i was oh. like is that right Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it sounds so far away. Oh my gosh, that 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 literally took the breath right out of me. Ugh. I know. So yeah, <laughs> but it, you know, it is it is good to see that the next generation of players is getting into these squads and getting minutes and meaningful minutes and getting minutes against professional players, and you know that just speaks to the continuity of this project, right? It's not, mm-hmm. you know, the league in general didn't just bring in a bunch of players and just play them and then have no plan going forward. Like, I think, you know, we, we talk a lot uh, about the the FMF and, and some of their many, many shortcomings and with a lot of good reason. But I think one of the things that they have gotten absolutely right almost every single step of the way is how that they've done Liga Mekis Feminil. Yeah. Um and, and I just think the the results uh, kind of speak for themselves as far as the teams and the players and just the structure that has come alive over these past uh six uh seven years. It's just it's fantastic. Um you know so you know I'm I'm right there to criticize when when they get things wrong, but you know you got to be right there to to give them praise when they get things right. And I really feel like they've got they've gotten this right for almost every step of the way. And then uh, hats off to them. It's cool to see. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll be great to see how um, how that starts, like building a again a younger generation coming through, and seeing new players, seeing maybe some of them um, be stronger with with the starting squads despite being so young. Uh, so so young. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll. I guess I guess we'll see. And yeah, and start looking into into the the Liguilla for the youth for the U nineteen teams as well for the U twenties. 
Yeah, I you know I haven't been keeping up with that as much as I I would like to. I'll I'll admit that. So I'm interested to kind of get caught up and see who is in and who is out and who is doing what. And uh, I don't know, maybe they'll have another trophy to put on the desk of the guy at Pumas. Oh um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right right there next to the curtains. Yeah, yeah right next to the curtains. Um, mm -hmm. pr probably on display. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll see. I, yeah. I just looked it up. I think they're they're still they still have to play their week seventeen. So we could probably um, talk about it next week when we actually see who's going to make it through. And it'll give me a week to cram. I, I love it. <laughs> just like being yeah. back in college. <laughs> <laughs> same old, same old. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, you know, for 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 this wonderful conversation. As always, thanks to our listeners for for tuning in. Um, you know. Keep up with us. Keep up with the content. Let us know what you think. Give us your Ligia predictions. Give us your under-19 Ligia predictions um, across social media. Um, keep up with the hashtag LigaMXFEMENG because at the end of the day, it is indeed our football. Thank you all so very much. And we'll see you next time.